Well, this is our last Sunday in November. We have had the theme this month of embrace thankfulness, embrace thanksgiving, and it was great to finish on Friday night with our Thanksgiving event together on Zoom. Thanks to all who have put in their cornucopias through the month. They've been a real blessing to us all, I'm sure. And it was great on Friday just to finish our Thanksgiving events, if you like, with communion together. Today is like an in-between type of Sunday. Yes, we finished Thanksgiving, in a sense, on Friday, but this is still November. But it's also the first Sunday in Advent. It's like the end of November and the beginning of Christmas. We've got uh, almost like a tradition in our house or a rule that I said that there's no Christmas music either in my car or in our home before the 1st of December. But I'm pretty sure come Tuesday of this week, some Christmas music will start to blare out. It's also the beginning of the Christmas Advent calendar competition. It's maybe just an Advent calendar in your home. It's a competition in our home. So in the spirit of joy to the world, peace to all, let the battle commence. Last year, Kathy was either really inspired or she cheated. I'll let you decide which one. But a year has been a long time to wait in order to get revenge for what happened last year. But I'm embracing the challenge. We're embracing Thanksgiving. We've closed that and we're beginning to embrace Christmas. And today I want to read a bit of a scripture in a short time which tries to combine the two. I'm maybe trying to be a bit clever and that's not easy for me, but I'm going to read about Mary's Magnificat, her song of praise from Luke chapter 1. Now the background is that the angel has visited Mary and told her that the Holy Spirit is going to come and cause you to be pregnant with the Son of the Most High. He will be great. We know the story and it's going to be incredible. He's going to be wonderful. He's going to be great. He's going to be called Jesus. He's going to be the saviour of the world. And just put yourself in in Mary's shoes for a moment or two. She just found out this angel visitation. She's going to be pregnant. And I know most women, whenever they get pregnant, they just want to talk about it or speak to somebody about it. I remember when we found out that Kathy was pregnant with David all those years ago. And it was on a Wednesday we decided we weren't going to tell the live group. We are going to wait a little while before telling people with the live group meeting that night. But you know what? As soon as we went into that home, Kathy more or less said, we've got news for you. I'm pregnant. And it was a time of rejoicing together. But just put yourself in Mary's shoes here. This angelic visitation, this story that she's pregnant, she's carrying uh, a baby within her, she's going to be, and yet... Who can she talk to about it? But you know, God is so gracious. The angel basically said to her, you know, your relative Elizabeth, she's pregnant as well. She's carrying John the Baptist, but she'll get it. Paraphrase between the lines, she'll get it. You can go and discuss it and talk together about the things that have happened to you. So Mary runs off to get Elizabeth 
Elizabeth is so pleased to see her and says, I'm so honored that you've come to see me. You're the most blessed woman in the planet. You're blessed. And she says this, because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You know, a lesson for us, if you want to be blessed, then believe that the Lord will do what he says he'll do in your life. Now that's the background to the story and I'm now going to read Mary's response to Elizabeth speaking those words over her. Luke chapter 1 verse 46 starts, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abram and his children forever. So today as we begin to embrace Christmas with thankfulness. Elizabeth basically says, you're so blessed and I don't deserve you to visit me. And Mary says, yes, I'm blessed, but it's not about me. It's about him. It's about who I'm carrying. It's the saviour of the world and how my soul praises the Lord. How thankful I am that God has chosen me to be this vessel. I want to praise him and it's not about me and praising me. It's about praising him always. My heart is just full of thanksgiving. I can't help but praise him. And she's basically saying, I can't fully understand everything that's going on. I'm not sure how all this pans out. I don't know how I can explain this to people. I don't know what happens next. I don't know what reaction I'm going to get. I don't know how Joseph really feels about this. I don't know what Joseph thinks about this. There is so much here I don't know. But do you know what? But there is so much that I do know. And this is what I do know. He has touched my life. There's so much I don't know about this. But there's one thing I do know. He has touched my life. He's put something within me which wants me to praise him. I'm reminded of the story in the New Testament when Jesus heals a blind man and people are questioning him about a lot of things around it and they're asking him things he didn't know and he said this, I don't know all the answers. I don't know so much things. This is the one thing I do know. Once I was blind and now I can see and I'm praising God for that. And Mary must have been full of, I don't know all the answers, but one thing I do know, he has touched my life. And I'm sure you and I have got areas in our life we're uncertain about, areas we don't know about, areas we're not too sure about what is going to happen, what level we're going into next, what is going to happen in the future. But listen, is there a song of thanksgiving in you? Because despite all the things that you don't know, he has touched your life. He has come in and he has deposited his life within you. He has forgiven you. He has come and made a difference in your life. 
this morning, today, as we begin to look at the future, let's continue to be thankful and look at the things we don't know, but then focus on what we do know, and we know that he has touched our lives. Maybe this response was, I'm going to give a song of thanksgiving. And then, in her magnificent, the seven reasons I've picked out, Mary's reasons for why she should give thanks. There are more there, but I've just picked up seven. In verse 48, I'm giving thanks because he took notice of his lowly servant girl. He took notice of his lowly servant girl. You know, there's approximately 7.8 billion people on planet Earth. I don't know who's counted them all, but there's approximately 7.8 billion people on planet Earth. And if even 1,000 of those people know you or notice you, that is 0.0000128% of the population, i.e. not many people know you. I don't want to disillusion you. Not everybody's talking about you. Not everybody's looking at you. There are some people who maybe, but the hope most of the world doesn't really know you or doesn't really care about you and you are so insignificant in the world's eyes. But just in case I've made you feel really rotten, let me encourage you today that no matter who hasn't noticed you, no matter who hasn't taken notice of you today or for the past years, I want to tell you that our God in heaven has taken notice of you. He cares about you. He loves you unconditionally. He knows everything about you. He's so in love with you. He's got an unconditional love for you. He takes notice of every detail of your life. And despite hardly MD knowing us, God has taken notice of us, his lowly children. Today, give him thanks that despite people not taking notice of you, our God has taken notice of you. Verse 49, number two, he has done great things for me. Has he done great things for you? Psalm 126 verse 3 says, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. And we should be filled with thanksgiving. We used to sing an old song, hasn't the Lord been kind to us? Hasn't the Lord been good? God has done great things for us. Number three, I told you they were quick. Verse 50, he shows mercy from generation to generation. I, we give him thanks because his mercy never runs out. His mercy triumphs over his judgment. We deserve judgment. Justice meant punishment, but Jesus took the judgment and the punishment and we received mercy. We've been to a place called Calvary and found that mercy there was great and grace was free. He shows mercy, not just for me, but for generations. His mercy is consistent. It's from generation to generation. Our God is a consistent God. Some people change their minds, change their opinions, change what they say about you from day to day. But every day, God is consistently showering his mercy upon you. He's consistent in his mercy. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, when we cry to him, his mercy triumphs over anything else. He's the same yesterday, today, 
forever and it's not going to run out. And I thank God that his mercy is generational and it passes on from generation to generation. I'm so thankful that in my life, that my parents, my mom and dad received the mercy. They experienced the mercy of God in their lives. I'm so thankful that that same mercy that they experienced has been shown to me and my wife and our generation. And I'm so thankful that my son and my daughter and my daughter-in-law, they've experienced that same mercy. So the mercy that my parents received is the mercy that I have received, is the mercy that my children have received. And if should generations tarry, I thank God that his mercy is never going to run out and he's going to reach every generation. Number four, his mighty hand has done tremendous things. He's done great things, tremendous things. God doesn't do normal. God does way above, above normal. But one version says this, he has wrought victory with his arm. He's won the battles for us, the battles that we face. God, through Jesus, has won them all. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And when sin threw it his worst at him, when hell threw it its worst at him, when the devil threw his worst at him and hung, hung him on a cross, I want to tell you that Jesus rose victorious over sin, death, and hell. And do you know what? Because of that, Romans 8 verse 37 say that he's made us victors. He's made us conquerors. We can give him thanks that he has done great things. He's wrought great victories and he's caused us to be victorious. Number five in verse 52, he's exalted the humble. I'm so proud to be humble. I'm work in progress. It's okay. Listen, he says here in the Bible, he exalted the humble. He's lifted up those of lowly position. Aren't you glad that Jesus came and lifted us up? Ephesians 2 verse 6 says this, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful, wonderful verse. God has raised us in our spirits and seated us in a spiritual heavenly realm with him. I love the Christmas carol, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Can't wait to sing it. Obviously somewhere, somehow, I'll sing it somewhere. But listen, he came to lift us up. The psalmist knew this. He said, he lifted me out of the slimy pit. I looked up what various versions said there. Some says, he lifted me out of the slimy pit or the pit of despair, the pit of destruction, the pit of desolation, the pit of danger, the pit of confusion, the pit of tumult, the pit of misery. He took us out of pits and he has lifted us up. Can you say today that he has lifted you out of a pit, that he has taken you and he has lifted you from into being seated in heavenly places and our righteousness which he has imparted to us and caused us to be sons of a loving God. What you once in a pit of forever and he has lifted you out well that's enough to give him thanks and give him praise number six he's filled the hungry with good things you know he's a good God who does good things and gives good gifts to his people Matthew 7 says if you sinful people Jesus speaking knew or know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father Give good gifts to those who ask him. A good God 
who gives good things to his people. He fills the hungry. He satisfies. He gives good gifts and he doesn't leave you short in his giving. He fills the hungry. He's a more than type of God. Listen to these scriptures. Psalm 23. My cup overflows with blessing. James 4 and 6 says when we need grace, he gives more grace. Acts 2, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1 and 3, he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because you're united with Christ. Philippians 4.19, he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I, he fills to overflowing. He doesn't leave short. He gives more than we ever need. That's enough to give him thanks, I'm sure. And number seven, the last one, it says, simply, he has helped his servant Israel. You know, when I look at my life, my personal life, my married life, my family life, my work life, my ministry life, I can say this, he has helped me. It sounds simple, but I don't know where I would have been if he hadn't helped me. In all areas of my life, I can say he has helped me. I can look back in various places and various times and just say, you know what? The Lord helped me. Thank you, Lord, for helping me through good times, through difficult times, through challenging times. And we can give him thanks simply for the fact he's helped us. Mary's response and Mary's reasons for the thankfulness, her response of thankfulness, her reasons for thankfulness, and then she rejoiced in thankfulness. She rejoiced in her God. She thanked God that she was chosen, listen, to carry Christ. She was a chosen person to give birth to Jesus. And because God chose her to in one sense bring Jesus into the world, she was so full of thankfulness. But you know what I read in the New Testament? That you and I are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Do you know why we should be thankful? Because once we were not, and now we are. Why should we be thankful? But God has chosen us to display his son and to declare his praises and to give thanks and praise 
to our God. We have so many reasons to be thankful. And as we embrace Christmas, we know that thankfulness is not just a month of November. It's an attitude we should continuously have all our lives. And as we embrace Christmas and look at the reason for the season, let's continue to be thankful. You know, Mary was in practical, difficult circumstances. It was uncertainty. It was amazing. The touch of God was on her. But the reality was, it was awkward. It was difficult. There was don't knows all around her. But she made a decision. I'm going to have praise and thanks to my God. Wherever you are today, as we go into a season of embracing Christmas, let's always remember to thank God that he's chosen us. He's took notice of us. He's chosen us. He's lifted us. He's seated us in heavenly places. And it's our responsibility to carry him into the world in a sense in which Mary gave birth to Jesus into this world. We carry Jesus to our world, which is filled with darkness and confusion and hurt and pain. Let's embrace a thankfulness that God has chosen us to carry him into our world. And as we come into this season, let me encourage you to have that attitude of giving praise and thanks to God for what he's done in you, through you, for you. And tell others about the wonderful message of Christmas. That hope came down and it's still here in Jesus. God bless you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that Jesus was sent into this world. Father, we thank you that we can join with Mary because you've touched our lives. And I pray for those who have never experienced Jesus as Savior right now, that they will just acknowledge you, that the reason you came was to seek and to save those who are lost, those who don't know you. I pray, Father God, right now, they'll just begin to embrace you as Savior. Lord, I pray for all of us, that we will continue, Lord, as we go through this next season or this next month, that we will continue to be thankful. Lord, we've got so many reasons to be thankful. Lord, but we thank you that you've chosen us to be your special people, to share Jesus in a world which is crying out for him to come. Lord, I pray for everyone listening. I pray through this season they'll know your peace, your joy. But beyond that, I pray that they will carry Jesus to their homes, to their streets, to their schools, their colleges, universities, their workplaces, bus stops, the places of social and leisure, and that others will see our attitude, and then they in turn will give thanks to God. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.